and welcome back to the Resurrected Winners You podcast. As ever, my name is David and I am sitting 0375 miles across from Mr. Alex Aldridge. How are you doing today, Alex? I'm fine. What code was that? That is the lounge. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the lounge of, was it Ibis Island? Is it Ibis? I, well, oh. yeah, let's say Ibis. There's an Ibis hotel. Maybe that's a, <laughs> there is. a little clue to the future. The Ibis Hotel is going to get into, what is it, the third power side? Third energy. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you go to a, if you ever go to an Ibis Hotel and they offer you a DDK key for your room, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Especially because if you're not prepared for that, imagine <laughs> you're going to be standing outside that room, especially if you've had a couple of drinks, you're going to be standing outside your room trying to get in for maybe days. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you haven't read the right memo that's not stored anywhere and you have to go back and find it. Yeah, find it. Just find a little notepad in the security guard office where he's written like a, <laughs> I don't know, his life story. <laughs> yeah. And uh, somehow the hotel manager's called Kirk and everybody hates him. But you have to, you can't find him. Oh, no. You can't carry on your way to seeing Kirk. So you can want to speak to the manager all you want. He's not there. You'll, you'll come across called some some grizzled... Pers clerk behind the desk called Gail. Yeah. Who'll just charge off every so often. <laughs> he does that a lot. But he'll come back yeah. and save you later. He'll come like stamp on a spider in your bar for you when you don't expect him to. And, you know, he'll help you get that stuck can out of the vending machine if it won't come out. He'll be there. So I've got an issue with this, Alex, in that apparently, if my understanding of the story has been absorbed correctly, which is every every chance... This is Dino Crisis, by the way, folks. Hello. Welcome to the summer of Resi when it's September. Yay. <laughs> I'm still sweating, so it's still summer to me. Also need to bring... Um, put a little pin in that of the summer of Resi. Um, I've got some bones to be picking with that. <laughs> what? Because we've spun off. We've spun off <laughs> dangerously. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, if my understanding of the story is correct, that... Gail is supposed to come across as a bit of a, a moody bad guy. Correct. But eventually you realise that it's not that he's a moody bad guy. What he's doing is he actually cares about his unit and he's trying to keep them all alive and protect them. So he charges off to do the dangerous stuff. Yeah, he to wants to save you from the truth. I, yeah, I would just want to say that like like he's not done his he's not paid attention to his training. Like if you're like a highly trained military unit you have specific ways you will sleep a building and that does not involve Gail fucking off on his own <laughs> unguarded <laughs> unsupported not getting anything and then his what's what's his sidekick that's like his subordinate but decides he's going to take over as soon as they arrive at the island what's oh, he what, called Rick? again yeah like what's he doing and getting involved like just suddenly taking over like i've got real issues with this crack team yeah this is marks. this is gail's got cm punk energy about him he's, <laughs> he does, uh, he's, he does, he's undermining yeah. no sorry rick's got cm punk energy he's undermining his boss at every step of the way <laughs> where the game then makes you choose between the white man and the black man of which one you're going to follow he does yeah he does 
but I'm a, a white female, sexuality ambiguous, so I think Named it's fine. Regina. Yeah, that's not the best name they've ever they've ever come up with. Well, it's Re- they say Regina, don't they? So I guess uh, I've never met a Regina in my life. I don't think I ever There's will. There's a Regina Vidi and Abin that is or used to be the news person on Radio One. Not listened to Radio One in a long time. Wow. Okay. But yes, they do exist. They do they exist do. from time to time. Yeah, this the woman who played Regina in this apparently did some voices in Sailor Moon, so I think any of the uh, hentai fans out there probably knew her. Have you ever played Sailor Moon? No, and I've never watched it or anything. Is it a, an anime turned game? A game turned anime? Uh, anime turned game. It's like an it's like a late eighties, early nineties anime starring loads of girls, loads of like young, or rather like mid to late twenties. Women in America seem to always go on about Sailor Moon. I think in my... I remember, um, oh, what's the wrestler from WWE? I don't know any of those people anymore. Um, Sasha Banks. She wants dressed up in like Sailor Moon gear. Oh, did she? Yeah, so like she loves it. Which was Sasha I saw her play, I saw her play a like a beat em up of Sailor Moon with, um, you know, up, up, down, down. Up, up, down. Do they still do that? I've no idea. Or did Vince poop? I always got well, the impression now. that maybe Vince they, wasn't Maybe they're bringing that. it back. Yeah. He definitely wasn't into any of that. No. He, he made it very public that he was not into that. You know what? At some point, they had to start using their proper names. Because mm. Up, Up, well, Down, what... Down became whatever that guy's name is. I don't actually know what his real name is. I've forgotten. Is. I'll Austin remember. Creed? It's Austin no, Creed. That's not right. Yeah, that's right. Austin oh, is that, Creed. Is that his real name? Is yeah. it? Okay. Um, yeah, because Miro or Rusev, he, he left... Because he was doing like loads of streaming as well. Apparently, he does that loads now. He's in AEW, but he didn't do it in. Well, he was. Oh yeah, he, he was. He was big into Street Fighter. with old Rusev, which he looks like Spitting. he could be. A, yeah, he looks like a Street Fighter. He looks like Zangief. Yeah, or Zangief. <laughs> yeah, he does. You call him. No, I'm not sorry. I'm I'm correcting that. I, I'm going to call him Zangief. I don't give a shit if that's wrong. He'll always be Zangief to me. I'm going to I'm going to have to think of that. Maybe that's a fun game for another pod because I would need time to think of it. There's probably very. There's probably several examples of like popular characters in in media over the years that I have pronounced their names wrong, and they're in my head wrong. We're all wrong. We're all wrong forevermore, and we'll never be right. Certainly, um, if we start creating weird pockets of space that uh, dinosaurs can walk through, then we're really buggered. I mean, some Just don't do that. Yeah, I mean, I might be up for it. To be honest, <laughs> just just I, to go full Joker on the world. I do actually like the fact that this game explains the dinosaurs away with this like nonsense, gonzo, wacky idea of how you can get real dinosaurs here, rather than them being like Jurassic Park, where it's like genetically engineered from like yeah, just made a time they, portal, mate, like tree sap or whatever. Tree, the fuck yeah, it is. they they yeah, a fly. Or a mosquito got off, yeah, got stuck in tree sap, and then they, yeah, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. So rather than them like actually having to make dinosaurs, like they made the zombie, because the zombies aren't the dead rising from the grave in Resident Evil. They are experiments. They are leech boys, fucking <laughs> victims. <laughs> so here, these are actual dinosaurs. They're just jumping through a bit of a time portal, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. And I guess if you live in an area, maybe Essex was dinosaur free. Maybe if we got third energy here, there wouldn't be any dinosaurs. There would Hopefully. just be a dodo 
or something just comes waddling out and I just kick him into the street. Well, I don't know why I would do that, but... Just because just you could. Re-extinct him. You're extinct! <laughs> well, we're on the subject of manipulating time and perhaps leaving me feeling like I could manipulate my own time to get back some of my life. Before we go too deep into Dino Crisis, since this is sort of the... I guess it's the second last episode of the Summer of Resi. I just want to cover a couple of things non-gaming related that are in my brain right now. Okay. Because this is my opportunity to get it off my chest. So I watched the new Netflix TV show. and Oh, yes. I just, I would like, if anyone that is, works for Netflix might find their way into this podcast, I would just like to kindly request that if you are a company with a propensity to cancel things after one season if you don't think they've been successful enough which fair enough your business you've got to make money please do not green light seasons that end on a cliffhanger until you know you're going to make another season that is like i watched that <laughs> they entire, it now, sorry. yeah i watched that entire season it presents many questions answers none of them and in the last episode where you're like right it's all going to come to a head it just asks more questions finishes on a cliffhanger and then well we're never going to know now what a load of shit that is like the most disrespectful attempt like it just shows a complete lack of disrespect for their audience's time and a complete like overconfident naivety in their own shitty product yeah of course we're going to do was it, it shitty you yeah. obviously want more um, so I, or at least, I you, at least you're more, in it now. You're invested. Yeah, like I want more in the same way as like probably a heroin addict wants more heroin. <laughs> you know, it's not good for you. It's no good. But it'll rot your teeth. But you carry on. The, yeah, you just keep going. Like there's there's moments where I was just like, this is. There was one episode where I was texting you while I was watching it, and then I stopped because I was like, I don't want to ruin anything. Yeah. But like, there's a bit where like the whole episode feels a bit like people exploring a mansion. Like there's puzzle, like there's, so basically they find a note from Wesker and this note sends them around this house, almost like the mansion. So they're like hitting, like playing that song on the piano to <laughs> un- unlock doors. They find like secret doors and stuff. They're finding notes behind paintings. They're finding like different things that like they basically turn it into a resi game. And although it's really bad, I was like, this is quite fun mm-hmm. at least. Um, yeah, and there's just little little glimmers of fun, but it's not a good show and it doesn't respect your time. And I wish I could speak to you about it if you'd watched it because, like, like I think I text you about it. Is there some sort of um, cloning sub-story that I've sort of missed over my years of playing Resident Evil games because there's something that happens in that show that is just absolutely effing nuts? Yeah, I, I, th- I swear Code Veronica does a cloning thing. And it so we need refers to look into that to the end of Resident Evil Five specifically. Oh, okay. In the TV show, which is quite fun too. Um, the other thing, since I was on <laughs> what, that wagon, the, what, I know. So what does it refer? Does it refer to Chris Redfield going? Ah, oh, is life really worth fighting for? Looking at chicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish it did that. <laughs> Uh, the fate of Wesker is alluded to specifically. Oh, I see. Uh, bold, does it, if there's any boulders punched in that show, then I'm watching it immediately. Oh, I wish there was some boulders punched. Yeah. The other thing, and I'm probably going to keep going, to be honest, because again, it's just like nonsense popcorn. 
I have been watching the... I'm about three or four episodes into the CGI Resident Evil show on Netflix. What? Show? It's Yeah, it's a TV show. It's like 30-minute episodes, so that's what? why it's like easy to watch. Let me have a look. Because I've know the. i me... seen a few of the CGI films, and they are fucking wank. There's a TV show that stars Leon. Oh, I really thought you were going to say Billy Cohen for a minute. It's called Resident Evil Darkness. Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. <laughs> Let's see if I can find you a synopsis. Sake. Uh, Cl- Claire discovered. So this is. Oh no, that's episode three synopsis. There's no show synopsis that I can see. Okay, now at an NGO in Pan Panamstan. Claire discovers signs reminiscent of Raccoon City. Leon makes his way to the White House, unaware you that say, it's under did attack. Did you say Claire? Yeah, Claire Redfield's in it. and She's in it as well, is she? Leon Kennedy's in it, yeah. Yep. So I've been watching that too. It's no good either, but it's 30-minute <laughs> episodes and it's quite fun to just sort of stick on while you're, I don't know, having your dinner or something. Right, I, I promised the listeners I was going to have watched Welcome to Raccoon City by this episode. Oh, and, and that's another one. Of the three, I've watched that too. Of the three, that's the best one. That's actually, it, There's at least fun to be... It's not a good movie either. Don't, like, we're not we're not going down that road. It's not good. But it's fun. And I enjoyed it. And I don't think it was... A, I can't remember being bored at any point. It's just dumb fun. Which yeah, is, I will have that watched by the final of these four episodes. I think is it Leon? Who's the who's the police, who's the rookie cop in Resident Evil? Yeah, that's Leon. Okay, I'd like to, I'd like to have you. We'll come back to this in our next episode as we round off the summer of Resi. I'd like to know your opinion of how they portray Leon in that movie because it's yeah. it's something I've not picked up on. Maybe that's how he's meant to be, but I didn't pick up on that at all. Okay, because the 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 fourth episode of Summer of Resi is so far a departure from Resi as we could possibly get. I think I need to have watched that film so we can kind of rein it back into the rein it back in mission statement. Yeah, I need to get going. I'm hoping of yeah. So we'll tell them at the end. We'll tell them at the end, folks. Yeah, or just look over David's shoulder if you're watching the video. You've already finished it. Oh, <laughs> it took me an afternoon. It's very <laughs> short. <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting going with it. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're not actually here to talk about Resident Evil, even though it's the summer of Resi. We're here to talk about Dinosaur Crisis or Dino Crisis. We are. Which deserves to be mentioned alongside Resident Evil because it is arguably better than a lot of Resident Evil games. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Is it the best game we've played? Yeah, it is. It's the best one so far, isn't it? What have we played so far? Five and zero. Yeah. Or is it? I can't, mate. I can't believe we've we're doing a summer of Resident Evil, and we've not played. We're, we've not covered one, two, or four, or three. <laughs> like the best, the, the most iconic yeah. ones. All, all the ones everybody knows. All the ones everyone knows, and the bit most revered ones. To be fair to us, we have covered seven previous episodes. We have covered eight previous episodes, and there's a remake of four coming out next year. And I think it's probably best we wait for that. So oh, that will that, that will get covered, mm. guaranteed. We have played three sort of ind- independently. We just haven't done a yeah, podcast I finished three. about it. Have you finished it? No. Um, okay. So I've played, I think I'm about, I don't know, I'm a few hours into the, the OG one, which I, I really liked. And I've got the new the remake to play as well. Oh, yeah. 
and then we also because I, I am going to do that i am committed to doing that whether it gets podcasted about or not and i think uh, in fairness to us i think we've also both of us have played one and two recent at least in recent memory so maybe long enough ago that yeah. we can't podcast about it but yeah close enough that we maybe don't want to go through it again just yet so i yeah stay I tuned played two yeah. a and b on the hd like seamless hd mod which is what sparked summer of resi in the first place there so. may be a return to summer of resi there's enough games to do at least yeah next year yeah, look out next year we'll yeah. be back maybe probably. a winter of war for resident evil rather than a, a summer of it yeah we're, we're, we're probably going to do another series of yeah stuff i've been figuring out what. saying that uh, it's probably we were speaking about this before before we get down down and dirty in the dino world um <laughs> down, down and dirty in dino dirt we've sort of been we've sort of been doing it unofficially so like when we we did a sonic what sonic game did we cover last time what was so- well what we did was we did the 30th anniversary of sonic and then did a whole sonic episode where we just you and I just went spaffed mm. loads of Sonic games into our brain. So that was almost like a mini. Loads. And then, as much as I didn't enjoy Alien, I sort of set I set myself down a bit of an Alien, a, a sort of season of Alien, where I sat and watched all the movies and things like that. And there, I'm sure there's another game as well. Like we did a mini Metroidvania once. That's we did Metroid, right. Then Castlevania. Then Castlevania. And I've quite enjoyed sort of falling down these little rabbit holes with games. So I'm not I, like. Obviously, Me like too. we're not going to do it all the time, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's fun to do every so often. Just do a like a a season of where we'll sort of dig into because oh, yeah, we've not covered all the Resi games here, but we've covered like a few Resi games and some Resi likes that I think is have been quite interesting and worth talking about. Uh, yeah, and I like that we've got Resi likes that are still made by Capcom, yeah. still made by the same people in the same engine with the same mechanics, so we can kind of make it. A, some, a season of Resident Evil that's not what you'd expect. It's not just, as you said, one, two, three, and four. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd be I'd be quite keen to sort of pursue these seasons every so often, just sort of pick us something that we're both interested in and just sort of really fall down the rabbit hole for a while about it. The other one that um, that can you can sort of group into the Resident Evil sphere that we played was that um, Parasite Eve. I would, I would put that in there for sure. I can't even remember who made that. That wasn't Konami, was it? Or was it Square? I want to say Square. What have I done with my phone? I would like to point out or at least answer any confusion that some long-term listeners may have expecting this to be about Resident Evil 6. We can't do it. Oh, we yeah, because we said we were going we to do that. fucking try. Yeah, that's that's um, that's fair. Exactly. We actually do need to. I think, I think if we say we're going to do a game and then we, f- we bail on it, it's, it's Square that did it. Um... It's just head on until until we're until we've got an audience where we can justify dedicating time to games that we're really hating. If we're not having fun with the game, we're just going to bail on it. And we we tried, we tried really hard. It evoked <laughs> barely anything in me. I, I laughed at first at how dumb it was, and then after a while, when that wasn't funny anymore, um, it was just nothing. I was very much a fan of the elbow drops that I could do. Yeah, people's elbow. Yeah, yeah. I like the the running bulldog. But there was just, it was so soulless. It was just, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, it was just a thing that was existing and just constant, constant like gore and violence and shooting. That's just you just desensitise to it so quickly. It becomes so boring. 
yeah, bo- boring's probably a good one. But like, I would even I don't even know if I necessarily go that far. I, I and this is the sort of the kiss of death for any game, and that like I just genuinely nothing that. So like while yeah, while yeah. We, while we were playing it together, I was having I was probably having a better time because we were hanging out. Rather, it wasn't yeah. really anything to do with the game, but I was having a fine time. And as soon as the game we put the game down, I just didn't think about it until. Yeah until we were going to play it again like it was just i just nothing that it. it's just a, you're right soulless husk of a game that is just it is such a it is such a disservice to a franchise that has got so much yeah. to offer and it is it is, it is yeah. a it borderline offensive to people that like the series deeply cynical and yeah it's just and it's still the best selling one of the series happened. isn't it Oh, fuck, yeah. By is. quite a distance. It just shows what a miracle 7 is. 7 is genuinely astounding that it exists, mm-hmm. as it does. You had to hit rock bottom to get something like that. Yeah. And to get to where we are now, where we've had 7, 8, remake of 2 and remake of 3, all of a, a relatively high quality. And I think the... Looking back, like, looking at it as a whole, I think the series is in quite a good place now so you're getting the new you're getting new games that it's changed to first person and people have accepted it but then you're also getting your third person horror fix as well by them going back through the old games and remaking them i think i th- I think i feel quite good about where the series is at the moment i i i do considering we've got two more or one more of each to come but then after that is where is where the you know that's when the questions will start again of where do they go now yeah. once the ethan trilogy is done once the remake of four is done what's next where do what's the what's a resident evil game when it's when it, all the arcs are done when all the dust has settled oh the smoke has cleared <laughs> what is a resident evil game going to be once these two are done is it third person is it first person is it proper horror is it schlock it Where, what are they going to do because we can't deny that they well we can't pretend that they've been flawless because they've still made reverse or whatever the fuck that is that's awful they've still made that other thing what what's the other one Re- extinction or something what is it oh because we discovered there was two because i had played yeah and just a, yeah. just sort of melded the two together in my mind yeah. um but yeah one's like a that's a bit like left for dead yeah there's one where you like control where the enemies spawn That's in right. and stuff. That's like, the oh, one God, I played. It just looks dreadful. It was really bad. Yeah. So they've not been utterly flawed. There's there's a shit resi in them still. I don't. I pop out at any time. I don't think they would do this, but I would. I would love to see the sort of elevate get an elevator pitch for their ideas to Resident Evil Seven and Eight, the OGs. Like so, if they were to sort of remake the old ones in first person, I think that would mm. be interesting. I don't think they'd do it. I don't think, and I don't think that's if I was if I was the sort of director, that's not the direction I would go. I'd just be interested to see what they would do with that because I think they could remake that mansion and make it super atmospheric and redo the puzzles yeah. to make them make sense. But that's not yeah. what they'll do. I don't know what they'll do next. You're right. It's it's interesting. We've got two games in us. Then what? Yeah, because the the people who are who are behind all of these remakes, they are clearly like really 
faithful and they understand the series and they mm-hmm. they are huge fans of the original works and they are trying to do the best that they can to bring these back to them but they are doing that with existing games and remaking them mm-hmm. the, the the real test is what they do with a new game because i don't think that team is the same team that's making the no the other ones no it's not and so, do, do you worry so like another thing i was thinking about there while you were saying that is it's with the newer games what i both like and makes me wonder where they go with it what i both liked and find interesting about eight specifically was that they explored the breadth of horror so like when you went to the different you went to the different houses each one sort of represented a different sort of type of horror that you can get in popular media yeah. so like like yeah like there was like the texas chainsaw massacre horror well that was more seven isn't it yeah um, but and I'm, I'm just a wee bit outside of the game now to actually remember properly but i remember thinking that basically they were pushing different types of horror so basically when we get to the end of this trilogy they don't even have any road to go with a new type of horror because they've covered them probably yeah because they had werewolves in the village they mm-hmm. had vampires they had like psychological body horror with the baby yeah and then there's that yeah. even just like, like the doll person yeah like even like the gameplay horror type like that that doll mansion was very different from the rest of the game do you think that the dlc for making ethan third person and being able to replay is it eight in third person oh yeah do you think that is them testing the waters to see how it's yeah received? maybe they feel like maybe they feel like for the ethan trilogy they're kind of tied into making it first person because the first two were but they don't really want to maybe the remake of two i believe is more popular than seven and eight is that done better than those two not sure actually it'd be interesting to see i think we did look this up before but i can't remember what happened i think my guess my guess would be Two's perhaps a critical darling seven and eight might sell better uh yeah less than seven so seven's got seven sold more. According to this, it sold more than six. Oh, really? Yeah, ten point nine versus ten point eight, and then Resident Evil Two from twenty nineteen was nine point six. Oh, I've seen. I'm sure I've seen six. Is that one platform? I'm sure I've seen could, it six could into the twenties. Like it sold ridiculous amounts. It's it's the problem with the Resident Evil franchise, and that I guess as a Resi fan. I guess I count myself in this now nowadays. You sort of have to come to terms with and that like the hardcore true what I would discuss like discuss, like call the true resi game, the hardcore fan base there probably isn't big enough to sustain that series in a way that mm-hmm. will con- encourage people to keep making a high budget game. maybe like obviously, yes, like these games have an audience and they could exist on a smaller budget, but that's not what the developers want they want a game that they can keep growing the audience for and maybe with survival horror there is a ceiling to that i don't know yeah well we all know the was it the was it dead space, dead space was it is the, another example of it a game they say people can't, worse, don't yeah. want to play horror anymore horror is not popular yeah i know jim sterling was always going on about some developer had said nobody wants to play horror games anymore yeah so they're making them all action games and I'd be willing to bet Dead Space 3 sold very well, even though it's the worst game in the series. Probably. And then, obviously, horror games had that resurgence with, like, the Outlast formula, or the Amnesia formula was probably first. Mm-hmm. 
But that's quite low budget. That is like... Yeah, yeah. It's not a AAA game. And Outlast 2 is a long time ago now, I mm. feel like. As a PS4 game. And PT, obviously, was merely a demo for a Silent Hill game that never got made. Are they not trying now to... There was talk of them. That being bought by somebody and... The, the you know the IP yeah. was going to be bought from Konami and rebrought out, but or, or Kojima's going to go back with Del Toro and just make a horror game anyway and call it something else, which yeah. he should have done. Yeah, ages ago. I'd be interested to see what comes of that because yeah, I just think like I I also he's developed his name enough for it not to not need the game's name. No, and I don't think you, the Kojima name will do you much. Like in fact, worse so I'd say than the Resident Evil franchise. The Silent Hill franchise has not been looked after well. No, so I'm no, not no. sure how much cachet beyond like the the small hardcore fan base that can remember Silent Hill two that really have any sort of lingering fondness for that series. Like I just don't like. There's not many. Mm. I think. I don't know if this is controversial or not, but like, my same applies with Star Wars in that there's more bad movies than there are good movies. There's more bad. It's not controversial on this podcast, (laughs) that's for sure. There's more bad Silent Hills, I think, probably than there are good ones at this point. So you have to consider it a bad series that has the odd good game. Yeah, I mean, I've only ever played one and two. I'd quite I. I've got three on our what list. For there was a an Xbox was supposed to be okay. There was an Xbox three sixty one. There's PS3 a couple that were one. on the Wii that I think they rebrought out as well. So they they launched this game, and it had I think on Xbox it had a game breaking bug, but it didn't sell well enough for them to bother to fix it. So they just didn't. Fix that was it. the that was the HD collection. That was awful. That's awful yeah. behavior. I've got that. <laughs> yeah, I've got that on the PlayStation. You're knowingly selling people it. a broken product. Yeah, Get refusing lost. to fix it. Get yeah. lost. You don't That's deserve my money. Konami, who have apparently put out one of the best retro collections ever in this Turtles thing. Yeah, it's getting that's Everyone's getting raving about. Everybody's loving that. I was watching yeah. Jeff Gersman play. It looks great. Yeah, I really want it, <laughs> but not paying thirty quid. No, that's no. <clears throat> we'll wait. We'll wait for that to come down. Yeah, that could be a nice little series. Yeah. But we are here to talk about Dino Crisis. <laughs> we are. <laughs> We've, we've. I think we've ticked the Resident Evil. Yeah, I've got that off my chest enough. now. Thank you. I've got that off my chest. I just felt. Yeah. Felt. A well, he's right. Bit, it's this time to say it. Yeah, I just felt like they've they've let me down with that that Netflix. But Netflix have. Netflix have let me down. They should not have okayed that script. Mm. That All is right. weird. I guess they buy it. Who cancelled it? Netflix. Yeah, Netflix cancelled it. So I guess they. What do you? The the people. I don't know how movies and TV shows are made. Do do they make it and then sell it? Uh, well, usually, if you've written a script, you will sell it to a company to make it. And then they'll give whatever. you the money so you can go make it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess somebody brought it to Netflix and they said, yeah, of course. You can finish it. Like, like, mm, this is a bit shit, though, isn't it? Stranger so Things stopped. is an example of a season of a, of a TV show you can run and run and run. But do the first season and wrap it up. So if you're not coming back for more, it's done and we're okay. Yeah, maybe if you want to have a successful Resident Evil Netflix show, don't bring it out like a month before Stranger Things comes out. If you're trying to catch an audience who wants to watch a horror TV show, yeah, that'll probably do it. That'll do it. (laughs) Right. Right, let's get into this. Let's get Dino Crisis, because it it deserves time, and it deserves its time in the the spot. It does. It does. Uh, It came out on the PlayStation first in 1999. Started in July in Japan, August 
the end of August for the Americans and October the 29th for us pals. Uh, and then it came out. So weirdly, we got it on the PC before we got it on the Dreamcast. Did we? Nobody else got it that way around. So the Dreamcast one came out in September 2000 in Japan and November 2000 in the US and December 2000 in the EU. But we got it, the PC version, on the 15th of September, whereas the US got it on the 4th of December. So that was in after your notes, the Dreamcast version. I, it, so that video I sent you today to watch... In that video, yeah. he says that the PC version of Dino Crisis launched without controller support, which sounds horrific, but we have controller because wow. we played the PC version and there's controller support in that. Is I that... believe it may have been patched in with that HD port because there's that... Unless that menu is part of the actual game. You know, every time we loaded it yeah. up. So yeah, disclosure for everybody listening. We played the HD remake. It's got a name. I can't remember what the name was. Oh, so it was. Um, it had updated textures, did it? Yes, we were playing a fully like modded HD version of Dino Crisis. Excellent. Let me see. Let me see if I can find what it is. You're such a good fighter for that. That because that that Resident Evil Three updated oh. version that you give me this is fucking gorgeous. I need to go back to that. I just don't know when. <laughs> so many games to play all the time. Yeah. It's the best thing about this podcast is it forces me to play games. Rebirth, that's what it's called. It's the HD Rebirth mod. And this came out after Jurassic Park? The the original game, yeah. Is it Jurassic Park's fault that we got this game, do you think? Well, so this was... Yeah, it launched in 99. The original Jurassic Park is like 93. Apparently this came out just after Lost World. Oh, really? Okay. So the second, so the second Jurassic Park film, I believe this is this came out after that. And I'm going to stop doing. Um, I'm going to stop doing this because I know I keep. I've been derailing the life out of this podcast, so I apologise. But that might be up there. Like, like, see, for the age of that game, that movie, Jurassic Park still looks phenomenal yeah. in a way that movies just don't look like that. If people are like, should I use special effects or should I use models? But special effects, effects all special, it's, yeah. Because that's, that's what it is. It's a combination of... The- that's why The Thing is still a classic. That movie looks phenomenal still. Yeah. And I remember watching... Yeah. So I watched... Is it Terminator 3? The one with the woman in it. Fairly recently. Cock! <laughs> Fucking hell, and yeah. And when I watched that as a kid, there's a there's a part in that movie where there's like a big, long crane truck that basically gets I knew that on its yeah. end. And I remember watching that and making my dad freeze frame through that because I, I was like dad that's not a real truck and it looks like a real truck and i watched it fairly recently i was like that looks terrible <laughs> that is, this, is that the bit where like it's she stands in front of it and it just kind yeah, of crashes yeah. into her and flips yeah yeah i remember that and then terminator 2 looks great if you look at the terminator 2 like the weird like floppy sort of silvery yeah, i've actually been watching effects. that recently as well yeah and that is that that's is one of my top 10 films ever that's, that's an amazing film yeah that that's i uh, yeah i think there's there's something to be i think that's maybe the best action movie ever made i think i'm trying to think of and a the fact that it's got more. arnold schwarzenegger in it and it's it's still it's, amazing it's, in terms of like the story it's basically it's bizarre it's basically flawless like i can't yeah. think of a way to even to like critique that movie, other than it's just uh, maybe maybe John Connor's a bit of a dickhead. He's, he's a total that. dickhead, but is he meant to be? Like he's just a proper Probably. like kid that's kicking out. Yeah, he, he's not. He's he's sort of yeah, quintessential nineties brat. Yeah, which which yeah, it can taste a bit weird if you sample it in twenty twenty two, but it's it's accurate. Another example of a franchise that wasn't looked after properly. We keep coming round. 
Holy shit. Although, the I have actually got the PS4 game. The, no, the PS5 version, sorry. That's meant to be good. That, that's yes, it's meant to shooter, be very right? good. Yes. Yeah, that's meant to be I bought decent. that recently. and So, yeah, that's another potential. Oh, I, go Terminator season. <laughs> Terminator season might be might be magic because then that allows us me to fall down a Demolition Man f- hole as well. I absolutely oh, love that movie. What a film that is! Yeah, do the honker chonker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe the best sex scene in movies of all time with Fuck the with the helmet. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that film's great. So good, really underrated, really so underrated. Good. Wesley it's Snipes is a like- great bad guy as well. Yeah, oh, in, in in all walks of life. Yeah, just a general bad man. Absolute heel. He's got. Uh, if Vince McMahon was still in WWE, he's got a wrestling comeback when he eventually gets out of prison. Is he out of prison yet? Oh, he's only tax fraud, wasn't it? I think he's probably out. It's not. Yeah. He's not R. Kelly. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'll no doubt. The PS4, again. the PS1 version sold 2.4 million <laughs> copies. <laughs> That's good for the pretty time. good. Because yeah, because I was yeah. listening to a podcast. I was at the gym today, and they were talking about how video games have largely stayed the same price and they were saying how good that was and i'm like yeah that is that is good because they were saying like like a an 80 dollar video game in the 90s is like 180 quid these days and yeah that's that's really good but i think it's also important which they never touched on the the, the size of audience has also drastically changed so you're, you're instead of like i remember remember the play ps1 if you're a million seller that was the platinum and this was like a big big success now, like, mm-hmm. if you're under 5 million copies, it's deemed a failure, right? If, especially if you make Tomb Raider. But on that line, like, if you went back to the 90s, would a, wouldn't a VHS cost, like, 15 quid? Probably, yeah. And then a DVD yeah. in the 2000s would cost 15 quid. Yeah. And a Blu-ray costs 15 quid. Yeah. I just, so, I just don't, I don't. If I, anything, it just says how expensive games were back in the nineties, oh, which is why I, Nintendo got taken to court. It absolutely does. And I, I just don't buy the, like, if you're, like, fair enough, if you're selling... Eighty dollars a million times. You need to sell it for that price. Fine, I get like yeah. fine. But if you're selling eighty dollars and you're selling twenty million copies, that's a very different proposition. <laughs> Especially now that I think what is it? Digital sales are hitting like sixty percent. I think versus physical. Yeah. But to think of a Mega Drive game costing you fifty pounds, oh. kind of makes you sick in your. Especially because you were you were often buying these sight unseen as well. Like you were buying <laughs> these games. Like you maybe read an article. You probably didn't. You're like, oh, there's Dave Mira. Dave Mira, I recognise him. I'm going to get that because I like Tony well, Hawk. Well, this, this BMX game's got three X's at the end. I wonder if Must this is be any good. good. <laughs> um, uh, maybe they would have actually not had to be such dicks to the rental market if they charged reasonable prices for stuff. Yeah. Because that's the only reason the rental market was what it was is because you're charging 60 quid for a fucking four-hour Mega Drive game. Yeah, probably. I'll just do it in a weekend for £2.50, thanks. It's almost like the video game industry doesn't respect its audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like any industry doesn't respect no. its audience. Um, I think it's interesting to pick up on the fact that obviously Shinji Mikami was the director of this. He's a legend, certainly at Capcom and in the survival horror genre. He did not want to call this survival horror. He dubbed it panic horror, didn't he? Yeah, because I, I think this is probably something that's quite interesting to point out and that the pace and the way in which you interact with the enemies in this game is very different from a resident evil sort of classic isn't it whereas like a resident evil is very deliberate slow and the zombies are 
they're more sort of dread inducing whereas this is much i think i've actually said this to you before like being attacked by a velociraptor out of nowhere is sort of panic inducing whereas seeing a zombie coming is dread inducing it's a very different horror yeah yeah and i suppose you could for those who were still you know vehemently anti-tank controls you could say the tank controls were there to make zombies a threat to you when they otherwise wouldn't be if you could just run around and kill them at your leisure Mm -hmm. but now you've got dinosaurs and you're still playing with the same controls they are a real threat and that was apparently the mandate of mikami who said what's the point of making a game where you fight dinosaurs and it's easy yeah they're supposed to fuck you up because they're a dinosaur and this was this was one thing that became apparently like it came, became more apparent to me towards the end of the game rather rather than the start because i was an idiot and accidentally played the game on easy um, <laughs> yeah so funny because we said this so many times like why have you got all these yeah. weapons fully loaded how is this was it the costume we just couldn't figure <laughs> out why the um when i was watching this video and sort of researching the game that when you get attacked by that raptor at the start of the game it's meant to fuck you up to teach you you're meant to run away yeah to teach you that you're meant to to run away from them and i think that's that i love it's my favorite i know i find them like quite intimidating but i have a bit of a love-hate relationship with souls games but my favorite thing about them is the sort of environmental tutorials that they'll do so they'll they'll yeah it'll you'll come up against something that will just batter you and it, yeah what it does is it, it it shows and teaches you to play the game in a certain way and you've got to sort of learn the game i love that about the start of dino crisis or the idea of that at the start of dino crisis and that this this dinosaur is going to come and get you run because dinosaurs are scary <laughs> and that's great yeah and even if you've downed it if you try and run past it you've got to be careful because oh. it's not a zombie it's going to get it's going to whip you with its tail and it's going to get you i got caught by that so much one thing that I, we never seem to get caught by, and I don't think I even really paid attention to, was the fact that apparently if you're bleeding, the zomb- zombies, the dinosaurs will like smell that blood and, and latch onto the blood trail and will follow we did you have, through doors. We did have a brief conversation about this. Because I remember, Cause, so when I started playing the game, I had that stupid costume that upset me. Didn't, the boat, the, like the prehistoric one with didn't all the guns and Didn't realise until after I'd already caught up that it lets me change my costume at the start. So I never had, I yeah. never actually had to do that again. No. But, so I got... And I, I think you skipped the cutscene both times. Yeah, probably. Did you ever see the man getting eaten by the the T-Rex in the woods? And then no. the T-Rex looks up at the moon and he's like... Meh! Oh no, I never saw that. Oh, uh, you missed all the, yeah, you missed all the cool shit. Um... Yeah, I I in doing that, I I remember I think I texted you saying, "Do the can the dinosaurs smell the blood?" Because did well, you? The, yeah, because the two things I noticed is I didn't die when I was bleeding and not fixing it. Um, yes, and also the time that I was bleeding, I started meeting dinosaurs in places that I hadn't met them before. So I was like, I, "This is not. There's something going on here." But yeah, that is this is a really, That's... really cool game mechanic, especially because inventory space is again because it's a resi like is such a premium. So you're like, "Do I have health kits? Do I have a way to stop myself bleeding?" You've got to think about I these. Have... Yeah, and I have issues with that inventory system in that, and I don't know if I was doing something wrong, but it really felt like I was often having like two lots of different med packs or bullets. Yeah that it would just not combine together for me. I remember at one point I definitely had two like med pack M one out of three oh, did separated you? and I could never make them two out of three. 
and it was taking up two spaces for no reason. <laughs> um, we'll get into more negatives yeah. as we go along. But that what the inventory system in this, and thinking of it like their version of the item box, it, you're drifting more towards Resident Evil Zero territory here again, where mm. there is not a magical mystic box that follows you around. These are boxes on a wall, and you can put stuff in that box, but it's going to stay in that box, and you better remember where it is if you need to go get it again. I am um, all see. Having played a few Resi games now, I'm all for the magical mystery box. Just, just have it. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. just makes life better. Like, yeah, yeah, like, like especially like when it comes to stuff like that. It's like I know where the stuff is. I know how to get it. It's not fun to get. Let's just make believe in my head that I'm off to get it and just put it all in this box. Just make life. It's just quality of life. I felt like they obviously tried to, because this was way before Resi Zero, obviously. So this was clearly them trying to think of a different way to make it more, maybe more immersive or more relevant to the setting. And I feel like they did that a lot and they did that well in this game Mm. for better and for worse. Obviously they've got the, it's fully 3D now. There's no pre-rendered backgrounds. So everything is now polygonally modeled. Um, so do you know the anything puzzles about it? Was, that, based uh, on that? was that a conscious design decision? Because obviously, I assume they had a new engine. Maybe? Part of the reason that up. Resi One looked so beautiful was because of the pre-render backgrounds. So they've obviously decided to leave that behind for some reason. He chose a real-time engine to enable better cinematic action and more dramatic character depictions that would otherwise be impossible. So it caused hardware limitations and made it difficult for them to create detailed environments. Apparently they wanted a jungle scene, but they had to get rid of it. I wonder if that just lays into it's all grey and brown and Yeah, white. well remember I remember you saying saying to me, which was a great point, that the environments are quite bland and they don't really yes, change. They are repetitive. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the reason why. Yeah, and it's obviously a, a lot of it's enclosed as well, so there's not a lot of like sp- you know the jungle stuff's all gone it's all just it's not sprawling yeah. and open it's all like very thin corridors and small rooms mm-hmm. to again ratchet up that fear because the outside it kind of looks like almost like a diorama isn't it it's like a, just like a box and yeah outside the fence is just black yeah it's almost like you're floating on like mm-hmm. a little tiny like outward back garden it's really weird um it's obviously important to mention the fact that as well that this was you know we can talk about all we want Resident Evil with dinosaurs, but that is clearly what this was supposed to be. Yeah, of course. Um, that is what he wanted to make. He wanted to just kick it into a different gear, go off on his own for a little bit, because he was Shinji Mikami was being forced to be a uh, producer a lot. Yeah, apparently he didn't he was like that. Handing lots of pies. Not, I mean, a producer. I don't understand what the benefits of being a producer or what the enjoyment of being a producer actually is, because realistically, all you're doing is like. Making sure the casting person's got casting scheduled. Yeah. Making sure you've got a budget. Making sure you've got locations. It's like there's none of the fun of making a video game in there. No. It's all just like pro- project management, really. That's essentially it. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing fun about that. No. So, so I can understand that he just went mental and thought I'm going to lob some dinosaurs in a Resident Evil game and boom shakalaka. And also he just watched Jurassic Park, so probably was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> So now, basically, what I've got is just like a bunch of topics, kind of like you usually do. We've touched on some parts of the action already mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, I, I think a lot of the the way this game plays probably holds up better, certainly than the first original Resident Evil. Um, the second Resident Evil introduced a lot more. I guess we've kind of seen it 
lean towards the faster, more sort of deadly enemies mm-hmm. in that with things like the Lucas. Because yeah. um, I don't, I think we saw in that video that we watched today that it seems as if if you when you get uh, Raptor dive on top of you and start like you know gnawing at her neck or whatever, yeah. If you don't mash the buttons quickly enough, that can effectively just be you done. Yeah, you seem, seem like it. it will take seemed you out. like it. Yeah. You didn't use this too much. Um, well, I guess because you had loads of ammo without, you know, without realizing yeah. how, why or how you'd got it. I found the ammo really scarce in this game, so I felt I was having to use the the darts, the sleep darts, quite mm. a lot. And I really enjoy that level of strategy that you have to think about what you're going to do for e- almost each individual dinosaur becomes a tactical fight in terms of how many times am I going to come back to this area? Yeah. Do I want a sleeping dinosaur to wake up? Am I going to have to do puzzles in here? Yep. Am I going to have to search this room for something? So is it best for me to take this out and waste some of my ammo or use some of my ammo now? Or am I just going to keep making more darts, sleep it, and then every time he wakes up, put him back to bed again? Whereas I guess you probably had a bit more ammo, so you weren't needing to do that as I much, did. I really enjoy that part. I did it at the start. Um, towards the end, I yeah. had to start running by enemies because I'd sort of used up my ammo. But yeah, at the start, I was just killing everything. But yeah, it's something that I can sort of appreciate from a distance in that like, if you're coming and going from an area, kill a dinosaur. But if you if it's something you're going to come through maybe once or twice, you could probably just run by it. And that's the other thing. Have you touched on that? Um that you've got to to use to make sleep darts and stuff like that you've got to use your medical items so you've got to also on top of that make mm-hmm. a decision between whether you save it so you can heal yourself or whether you use it to get by a dinosaur like there's like a sort of three-pronged tactical approach that i really enjoy to that it makes you really yeah think I, about f- what I found i was always full of health rather than bullets so i often wasn't you know, it wasn't much of a moral dilemma or, you know, a tactical dilemma sure. for me of what do I need more of? It was always, I need bloody ammo <laughs> desperately. Because I think at the end, you were just legging it a lot. You were just I Yeah, I ran out of ammo and never really got mm-hmm. any again. That's one thing that I never realized in playing through the game that I texted you about earlier today is that you can play this whole game without killing a single dinosaur. You don't even have to shoot the T-Rex in the sort of various moments that you encounter the T-Rex. You can dodge out the way of his snaps apparently which i don't know how you i don't do know it. how you do yeah i don't know how you do that because i couldn't i couldn't even shoot him away when he was doing no. it. just so quick that one when you're outside when you've run on that yeah. walkway and you that i died so i must died about 15 times to that so dodging that if you do that kudos well played that's it ahead of its time though like, i just yeah again i was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about talking about games in which people revere but they don't quite understand what the reverence about that game. And one of the games that came up was Undertale. And they were just slagging it off saying, it's like, oh, because you can do a pacifist run, it's suddenly like some massive, like, I don't know, like in, like stick your monocle in and yeah. check shirt on. This is such a special game. And like, mate, Dino Crisis was doing this 22 years ago. Don't, don't worry about it. It's not new. Yeah. And, and even if you're not going pacifist, you can put them to sleep, you know? Yeah. You don't, you know, you can still fight back, but you don't have to. You don't, don't have, have to, to kill, kill no dinosaurs. Dinosaurs didn't do nothing else. They're just being dinosaurs. Yeah, they, I mean, and they're living. They're not, you know, they're not undead zombies. They are living creatures exactly. that you're just slaughtering just because they've somehow come into. Was it set in two thousand nine or something? Something like that. <laughs> um, 
And the laser fences as well. I mean, it gypped you over big time it did, with the laser yeah. fence. Because I, I was quite proud of myself there when I managed to get... Because it was like a tiny area in one corridor and I managed to basically yeah, trap yeah. two of these dinosaurs that were giving me havoc into this tiny area. And eventually the game just got sick of me not having to bother about them and let them out. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the fence was still there, but they've just decided somehow they're going to get through it. They climbed up the wall, maybe. I don't know. That's what those nasty bastards are. I actually don't know what dinosaurs that was supposed to be. They're kind of chunkier towards the end, aren't they? And they are really bad to deal with. Those sort of darker dinosaurs. In my head, and this is probably way off, because I I think the dinosaur I'm thinking of is an actual herbivore, but there's a dinosaur that's basically got like a just bone on the top of its head, no skin or anything. In my that head, may well be a herbivore, yeah. But that's a herbivore. But does this thing wanted to eat me? But I still think a Diplodocus would fuck me up if it saw me. Well, it probably wouldn't. Like, would I go for an ant if I saw it? No, probably not. <laughs> uh, right, let's see if we can find out what they are. Here we go. So we had the Velociraptor a lot. Mm-hmm. The T-Rex, obviously. Yeah, the, which is the best swimmer in the business, the T Rex. Oh, we will get to that, but yeah, he's the Mister X of the game, or the Nemesis, is the recurring big, big bad. Um, there was one called Com- Compsognathus. Con what? Compsognathus. Those are the small, the little small ones. Oh yes, like eating the corpses. Yes. You get a Tyrannodon, which is the flying ones, the one that you. <laughs> drop into a giant fan for a laugh <laughs> oh yeah so they the, those ones that we're talking about here specifically are called therizinosaurus a large sloth-like carnivorous dinosaur with huge claws they're found in the latter part of the game and are quite hard to kill especially when there are more than one. Oh yeah they do look like psycho therizinosaurus hopped up, hopped up raptors don't they they're just like yeah just fat raptors faptors no that's something different um <laughs> And um, oh my effing god, right? If you're watching the video of this at about the hour mark, I'm going to cut in a picture here of one of these. There isn't <laughs> one of these dinosaurs. I'm going to cut yeah. it in because <laughs> the, the video game, the video game adaptation of these were not true to life. These things were about six meters tall, apparently. <laughs> Jeez Louise. If I've seen a picture of a man standing, like, you know, like the man versus dinosaur, where they have the little image. Yeah. Dinosaurs, like, up here. My God. Right, we know Regina's a badass, but that's, yeah, not, not to that level. She's not also a giant. <laughs> Andre the Regina Andre- Giant. <laughs> yeah. Andre the Regina. Regina. <laughs> Regiant. <laughs> but it's an extra level of strategy to use the uh, the laser fences, which is quite fun for a while. It doesn't kill them, which is a shame. I kind of hoped yeah. I could just keep getting them to walk into it until they died and I could then turn it off and walk past. But there's, you know, we, we talk about this a lot, like things that just feel like a real sweet moment. As I said before, for Resi games, especially the older ones, if you do like a really good dodge with tank controls, you feel like an absolute boss. In this game, if you manage to turn off a laser fence, run past the dinosaur <laughs> and then turn it back on before he can come back at you and you've stuck him on the other side of it is a glorious moment. Especially when you're battling the, t- the tank controls. You like, you just feel like you're just getting one over on the game. Definitely. Let's talk about the puzzles, shall we? Yes, you please. We're a fan of these because they they felt logical to you. I love these. So like, where it was going to come from and actually what I want to maybe pull from this is where does this come on the Resi timeline? So like, you, was this after Resi 1 and 2? Was this after 3? Yeah. 
So it's after I one, two, so. and three before four. Yeah, before Code Veronica. Before Code Veronica. Okay, so probably yeah, probably developed around the same time. As much as I've really enjoyed sort of going through the summer of Resi, one thing that I've ne- I've never been able to sort of come to terms with isn't the right word, but I've just never been able to enjoy the obtuseness of the puzzles. It's the same with like like Secret of Monkey Island. I've always wanted to play, but the puzzles make no sense and how you're meant to actually figure that out other than just sort of try it for hours, which isn't mm-hmm. fun. I, I think there's a certain amount of, not quite as bad as Secret Monkey Island, it'll give it that, but there's a certain amount of that with the early Resident Evil games and it, to me the puzzles make no sense. What I absolutely loved about this game is that they were logical and they made sense and you could work them out. If you just sat down and looked at the puzzles, you could figure out how to do it. They're almost like a little brain teaser puzzle yeah. rather than a fetch quest the most part they were great the the one that i didn't it's not really a puzzle but sort of this sort of puzzle adjacent interacting with the doors and things like that that i didn't enjoy is like messing about with like deleting a card reassigning the card and like getting people's yeah. fingerprints and stuff that was a pain mm. in the dick hole but like the actual mm. like getting the two cards putting them together and trying to work out the puzzle and the fact that they changed as well as the game went on was really cool like that it was like the yeah. higher higher up the what are the the secrecy tiers? I'm not thinking the right word. Yeah, but the higher up at the cle- yeah for the DDK yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the harder the puzzle got, and I just loved that. So good, so good. And it, it I mean, it's still dumb that you'd have to do that, but it still it feels at least semi logical mm-hmm. for it to be something that exists in that yes. facility. It's a high level security facility where they're doing fucked up stuff. You've got these key cards that fit indoors. That's it. It's not a police station where the keys have got a fucking heart or a club on them. That you would. Why would you have one of those keys in a police station that requires a mechanical puzzle or pushing some statues exactly. to access? Yeah. This actually makes sense. You're just finding them on corpses or finding them lying around, and then you follow the code and you get through the door, which, as you say, is really good fun to work out as well. It's, it's only in my head because I've been preloading this day gaming posts for yeah. social media but um ludonarrative dissonance came up in my head there and that's why it's already in my head and it like yeah like the fact that you're in a what in a facility that has got some of the best scientific minds allegedly and this is the extent of how difficult it is to crack a code in this facility is actually a bit ridiculous but you're right like it's fun and it's logical and it's you can work it out and I'm going to keep repeating it, but the fact that there's logic to these puzzles, I like, and I actually think that's probably that makes quite, them believable. Yeah, it's it's probably quite fresh to the genre in its time. I would say, thinking back, like, well, specifically as well, the the move away from the pre-rendered backgrounds into the 3D modeled yeah. area then gave rise to a lot of like 3D based puzzles as mm-hmm. well. You've got the cranes. There's a lot of box pushing going on. That crane puzzle that was one with fun. the pipes. Oh, the pipe one was fun as well, yeah. Uh, you missed some puzzles because you obviously were... Th- we, we made a, a decision between the two of us that you would follow Gail's choices, I would follow Rick's choices. And I did a lot more puzzles than you. You did a lot more fighting. Yeah, it turns out, so like when I was sort of reading through the different options, the, the Rick... No... What's the what are the names? There's Rick and there's Gale. The Gale, yeah. if you took the Gale options, they were they very much result which, which seemed to be antithetical to how the characters interacted. But Gale was very much the meathead option. Yeah. So like it was just sort of bludgeon it 
brute force it. Yep. There was a there was one where you you did it and you had to run to different rooms and get different stuff all and then I had to make the stabilizer in the initial. Yeah, and there's and all I, you and just went and got them. I, yeah, and then there's there's a puzzle before that and I can't remember what you had to do, but you had to jump through all these hoops and I basically just had to run to a door. Yeah. My ones were my ones were far like to the point that the guide I was sort of referencing as we were playing through was saying just do the gale puzzles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because if you don't, if you don't, um, well, this is the biggest, probably the biggest bugbear I have with the game. It's well, there's twofold. There's firstly is the map and how the it map is was counterintuitive. Yes. It doesn't show your position relative to the room you're in, so you have to. Imagine the layout of the room that that's you're in. That's tank controls, though, man. Right? Drawing. That's yeah. what tank controls are. It's just the tank control personified. And personified is not the right word. Mapified is the right word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It should have shown you just a little arrow to show which direction you're facing, and it would have been fine. What did you think worked. about? So, like, obviously, our choices were preordained, but the. I probably would have went with Gale anyway. Like to me, coming into this, and maybe maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm a like a closet rules boy. But like I came into this as like Gale. Gale's the sort of leader of this group. He's the one that dishes out orders, not Rick. And like Rick just seemed like a bit of a prick to me. Like he like. <laughs> I he just, was always being contrary to yeah to what the mission yeah, and it, he just it wants was to like, leave. He wants to ignore going after Kirk, which is the entire reason they're there. Um, and so, if, yeah, if, if I right. was thinking about sort of myself in a sort of role playing position, I was like, right, I'm I'm Regina, Regina, and I have joined this. I don't know what are they like a secret police or something like special police. Yeah. I, I, I I I obviously care about what I'm doing. And I want, mm-hmm. and like part of the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is to complete the mission. Like you don't, you don't, you don't join the army to go to Afghanistan and run home. Like you got to, you're there to complete the mission. And to me, like Gale fitted the character, whereas Rick was just a bit of a way that just wanted to. <laughs> he was. Like he did not get into trouble enough. Like like he is disobeying direct orders. Like that's a court martial offense. Yeah, he's no a little bit of a stereotypical hacker kind of guy, yeah. isn't he? Like, a, yeah, he doesn't get, in, doesn't get his hands dirty. His character just didn't fit with me. So if I was playing this game Organic Cloud, I'd went with Gail's choices anyway. What about you? And when you've indicated by that because you find out that what the real mission was actually supposed to be and how he was protecting you from it. Yeah. He becomes quite the heroic character in the end if you follow the, the Gale method. But yeah, the Rick one for the last choice where you have to make these things, there are some puzzles in there. And this is the second bugbear I have with the game, really, is the fact that your notes that you read are not stored in your inventory for you to then just mm. read easily again. You have to go find the note again, or as you and I did, write them down yeah. in a notebook or on your phone. Because there was one puzzle where you've got to go like find... There's some note about how they've bugged a room and they've got recordings of Kirk. And to find out well, like the code this. to open these things, you listen to the recording of Kirk, and then at the end, Kirk puts in his code, but it's like each number of the code makes a different noise. Oh so to figure out God. the numbers in the code, you've got to... It's like playing oh the game Simon, like... Beep, boop, boop, beep, beep. Was that... I never did that. That must have been... No, you, you went in that room. It's the room that said you need the planning disc to open those little wall safes. And I said, oh, don't bother because you've, you've done the other way. But the, wow. the the thing that's recorded the voice is behind the shelf. You have to push out the way. And 
if I wasn't pushing in all the shelves because I thought there was ammo behind them, I'd have never found that. Because I went in that room and was like, where the hell is this bugging thing that they've used to hear the noise? It's hidden behind a fucking shelf. You've got to push out the way. And then, yeah, you've got to find the corresponding sounds for the numbers. It's very cool. I guess because I never lived the f- frustration of this. That sounds uh, that's amazing. Were you? That's amazing. The puzzles in this make you feel like a real genius. They make you feel really smart because, as we've said, they, they feel made like me feel very dumb teasers. at times. To be honest, I was sitting looking at these thinking I was just not getting this at all, and then it would just click, and you're like, "Oh, I'm an idiot." Oh, sometimes yours just seem to click out of nowhere. Because obviously, I, I full disclosure for the listeners as well. I watched David play a lot of this on Twitch um, after I'd played it. So there were some puzzles when I was sitting there screaming the answer at the screen for you. <laughs> like, you can do this! Come on! You're almost there! And you'd be sounding out a lot of it. You'd be talking, you know, you, yourself and the list, the viewers of your Twitch stream through what your thought process was. But sometimes you would just go quiet and then it would just you'd get it. And it just would, as you say, your brain would click in and you'd get it. And I'd be like, how the hell did he suddenly come to that realisation? But you just did it. It was really fun to watch you do the puzzle. It's fascinating to watch you do it. And hear you think them through out loud and stuff. Because it's not, as we said, it's not just go to this room, push something, get some bollocks key with a fucking symbol on it and off you go. These are actual, like, you've got to figure stuff out. You've got to be a little bit intelligent. Yeah. Some of it's almost like maths. It's both my, the thing I miss about old games and simultaneously it's the thing I miss most about old games, but also I'm glad it's not in modern games. (laughs) Um, Yeah. In that, like, the game will just, it'll tell you what to do and then that'll be it. It's a thing that, like, sometimes, like, so, like, I found it tough if I would, and it, it does, because we're adults, maybe it's tougher. We're not kids that are able to just sort of play games for days and days on end nowadays. But, like, like it's the same with Elden Ring uh, that I also find this, I guess this is a similarity, and I think we spoke about this in our Elden Ring podcast and that, like, when they're talking about how fresh Elden Ring actually, it's not fresh at all. It's the oldest of old school games just brought mm. up to the modern day. Like, what this this dino crisis would often do is it would tell you what to do and then it would never tell you again and if you mm. if it told you what to do and then you put the game down for three days and then pick the game <laughs> yeah. up i'd pick it up and be like i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what even I'm your doing. notes you were struggling with sometimes yeah you couldn't remember why you'd written it or whatever and it's both my favorite thing ever because it's again because we've spoken a lot about film and tv like i love it when film and tv treats its audience with respect and doesn't assume they're idiots and yeah i love that about this game in that it it would just say right this is what you've got to do go and do it and i'm not we're not going to hold your hand we're not going to tell you how to do it and it made the game fun because it forced me to engage with the game on a level that maybe i wouldn't do with a modern game that is just checkpoint yeah. to checkpoint you're actually Resi thinking 6 is a prime example exactly rather than just like you're like oh i've got to go there i'm going there I'm shooting as I'm going. There's that's not quite as fun as actually thinking like right. I've got to go here. Oh, I remember seeing something in this room. Where was that room again? Go and find the room. Go and get in what you need. And like that, that makes you feel like you've actually figured the game out. And and again, like sorry, I'm doing a lot of speaking, but like the thing that I love about the Resi likes and like I would group mm-hmm. all even ones we've not played like Dead Space and stuff. Like they, they make the I'm not sure this is strictly true of Dino Crisis, but they make the environment more of a more of a character than most games yeah. would. But um, you you get you you gain a sort of knowledge of the layout 
of the facility um, in I, a way. I feel, that, I feel that's true, yeah. And I think you kind of have to because the map's not very reliable. No, so. yeah. So you sort of learn how the facility is laid out, and you sort of have a you have an understanding of where you need to go to the point that the point that eventually you get just like you need to go to this room, and you can kind of kind of feel your way there without necessarily having to check a map. And I, yeah, I love I mean, that. I still did all the time. Yeah, oh, I yeah. did too. I did too. Um, and I love that. I, but, because you, you sort of gain a familiarity with the world. I, like One thing yeah. that I constantly moan about, about, not moan about, going about games, is that my favourite thing about games is world building and making a world feel real and lived in. And it's, it's mm-hmm. one of the best things, especially a horror game can do, is make you f- so familiar with the layout of where you're interacting with. It's really special. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like an open closed space. It's like yes. the space you're in is confined to this very limited area of certain floors or rooms mm-hmm. but you open within that it's not full open world and it's not linear it's it's a mix of the two which is what i like so much about them and i think as we touched on earlier like they had these limitations with the hardware and this new engine that made them have to kind of make everything look a bit similar and i think that's probably there are little touches you can see of how they tried to help us out with that like for example that instead of seeing the door opening loading screens from Resident Evil, which is just a door, now you'll see her walk through it. You'll see the door as it opens with her in front of it. It will tell you where you're going. Every time you go into a different room, it tells you the name of the room. And then all the rooms on the map are labeled as well. So it's, it is trying to help you get that layout of remembering what this named room is and where it is. Um, again, it's just not being able to see where you are on the map is, is the, the biggest problem. Yeah, totally agree but, with you. But very much the puzzles in this game are it's one of its strongest suits. The pacing feels better because of it as well, because there's always this downtime in between the fighting. So mm-hmm. maybe the pacing is a little is, is a little bit up and down, like a. I think that up, I know, think that makes beat, for a better but, game though, because it, yeah. it sort of rises and falls. And did you again like? A half. I'm. I'm. I'm not half. I'm. I'm fully annoyed with myself that I accidentally played this uneasy because I feel like I've. I've almost ruined some of the intended experience for myself. But did you find that like what I would find when I was playing the games that I would make like spurts of progress? Like I would go a, a while thinking, "What am I doing?" Sort of bashing mm. my head against stuff, and then all of a sudden, like the doors would open, everything would flood in, and you just make a massive amount of progress, and then you get you get stuck on something. Yeah, I really definitely. enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's there's that's where you get this sort of Metroidvania element to these games, where you, at one, some point you will un, you will gain an item or unlock something. You know the sh- oh Rick's unlocked the shutters in this area now, so now you've got about four different rooms you can mm-hmm. go to that you couldn't do before, or you've got the DDK which opens up a whole new area. It's like yeah, that's that's where I always seem to refer these back to that having that feeling of like a certain item will allow you to progress really really far and then as you say you'll come to another bumper somewhere you know at the end of that and then you've got to figure out the next way to get to the next bigger area or floor or, or whatever yes this, um yeah. i've been doing a bit of reading it's really rewarding i've been doing a bit of reading recently about sort of writing fiction and one of the things okay. that popped up was and this is nothing. This, everybody knows about this, but like one of the things that popped up in the in the sort of bit I was reading is Chekhov's gun. And yep. essentially, everybody knows what that means. But essentially, Chekhov's theory was that 
you have to have everything in your story mean something because if you have something in your story mean nothing then people feel unsatisfied and that it's not resolved and there's another school of thought in that which actually will directly quote some of Chekhov's work in which he will reference stuff that then is never referenced again throughout the story so there's these sort of two schools of thought within the literature world one being that if you're going to call something you have to reference it and if you reference it you have to then deliver on it because everything in a book or something you write has to be delivered on and sort of brought round and tied together at the end the other the other school of thought is that real life isn't actually like that and that real life is messy sometimes you'll see something somewhere and nothing will come of it but if you say say if they talk about a gun Chekhov's gun they talk about a gun in a drawer and then you as the reader are constantly worried about this gun there's something yeah. to be said about this. You can, again, the two schools of thoughts, the other side of the thought would be like, you're constantly waiting for this gun to be used. So that actually in itself creates a sense of tension, even if it's not used. Yeah, it could be like a misdirect or something. Yeah, where, where, where I'm going with this is that like I think that thinking about the way Dino Crisis is created in terms of the different choices and stuff you can make with this game, um, mm. there was entire rooms that I didn't interact with that you spent quite a bit of time in. And I actually thought that was quite, to me, that was quite interesting in in terms of creating the world and making it feel like a a used sort of scientific environment in the, which there was areas that I was like, like I was saying to you before, you you told me, just move on. Because I was like hanging around in these yeah. rooms that I just didn't need to engage with. And I actually think in hindsight, that makes it feel like a more coherent world. Well, that's that, a... Re- that's a, that's an excellent point that I hadn't even really thought about because there there can be a tendency I guess to be to go into a room and have it, have yeah. almost nothing in it like Resi Zero did that a few times didn't it I remember mm-hmm. definitely hearing some complaints there mm-hmm. when we were playing it like well what pointless room that was yeah but in this in this game it's like there is a point to the room but you've chosen to not interact with the point of the room because you've gone a different way and that's the interesting thing about the choices in the game is that they don't necessarily affect the story it's more it just affects how you want to play certain parts of the game you pick the rick method you're puzzling you pick the gale method you're fighting um and so you will and they will absolutely say to you you can go down into basement level three, but there's loads of dinosaurs down there, or you can go Rick's way and go through a, you know, an exit hatch and end up somewhere else. And it's it's so cool the way that it, yeah, that it adds that choice in. It actually has a more tangible effect than like a superficial one in terms of, oh well, yeah, if you go this, well, like a, as you say, a Chekhov's gun way. If oh, if I choose Rick's method, something crazy is going to happen mm. to Gale. Doesn't really happen that way. Yeah. It's just. The, the key example, I think, of that is if you go with Rick at one point, that the undercover agent Tom, who's the reason that we found out about Kirk being alive and creating all these experiments, yeah. he's gone undercover there. You, I saw him die. You didn't. You no. saw his corpse yeah. after he died because you went a different way. That's fucking awesome. That was really good. And yeah, means you're going to play for it again, I guess, if do you really you, want to see all the different ways. To try and play devil's advocate, do you think it's less awesome in the fact that like, if we weren't playing the game in the way we were we might not have noticed this stuff. Is that a uh, bad thing or a good I, thing? I suppose modern sensibilities and modern game design would probably lead us to expect more of a significant difference in a choice because we always think of a choice as being incredibly binary, good, evil, mm-hmm. or 
this person lives, this person. I mean, Mass Effect gives you that abs- that actual fucking choice. Do you want? Oh, go on. Tell me the names. You pick which one's going to live. Yeah, right? Caden. Yeah, Caden yeah, K- or Miranda. Mir- no, no, Miranda's Mass Effect Two. Ashley. She's the sexy Aussie. Ashley. That's it. Yeah, that's a very you know obvious. You know the, the um, Bioshock, the little sisters. Yeah. Kill them all, save them all. You're a good guy. And you, you have to do one ending, or the other. And Bioshock's a fucking fantastic example because you've got to. You do all or nothing because if you do somewhere in the yeah. middle, you end up with neither. <laughs> you end up with neither yeah. of what you wanted, don't you? You have to go all the way to one side. And I guess, yeah, I, I guess that's what I really appreciated about Dino Crisis and that like the choices. The choices maybe didn't matter because it, to in so far as the end result was roughly the same, but yeah. they mattered in which how in they mattered dramatically in how you interacted with the environment. Exactly, and the coolest thing about the choices is that there's the third ending where you can choose. So at the end of the game, oh, you've yeah, got two you choices. didn't tell me what this was, did you? This is yeah. So David and I, as we've said, we picked different choices. I picked Rick's. David picked Gale's. So at the end of the game, um, after you've done, you've set off the generator so you can remove this little pocket of third energy to get to the port to escape. But the, I suppose, the caveat to setting off the um, reactor is that it's going to overload and it's going to basically suck the entire island into the past with all the dinosaurs back to where they came from. So Rick's idea is let's just get the hell out of here straight away. Don't care about Kirk anymore. We just need to escape, which is what I chose. Um, you knock out Gale. He's, he's going after Kirk because you know that he's already injured. He's not going to make it if he goes. So Regina knocks out Gale. You take him to the hovercraft port. You, were, you all escape together. I think I saw Rick shoot the, the T-Rex with a bazooka at the end. You chose Gale's method, which means you go with him after Kirk, but Gale then does succumb to injuries and dies. He turns out to be the hero gives you the real stuff that you need the the actual truth you then the get to enjoy, enjoy the t-rex swimming around really fast oh, and shooting from the hovercraft i said this to you before we started recording that's top 10 gaming moments ever the way that t-rex swims is there's nothing better in games that is so good <laughs> i i'm so jealous i i not only did not choose that way but i didn't see you play that I have to see if your Twitch. I'm so upset you missed that because you came back because then you you, you then came back when you were watching the yeah, credits or something and you swooped back in and delivered Dino Crisis Two for me to have a shot at. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> which the, yeah. the other kid that was watching me decided to tell me that he preferred to Dino Crisis One, and I was like, I, I don't. Apparently, I don't loads know of people why. do. I don't know yeah. why, but lo- yeah, you're right. Loads of people do. Yeah, and so, then there's the third ending, right? right? Yeah, so the third ending. That actually gives the player real credit to choose and make and play how they want is that you can choose Rick's method, where you knock Gale out to save him from himself and save him from dying. So you choose, but Rick's you can method, still go up. Then knock, right? Th- then you go after Kirk yourself. So remember, Gale's idea is I'm going after Kirk. He's the mission. I have to go after him. Whereas Rick's choice is fuck Kirk. Let's just get the fuck out of it. This is nuts. So you knock Gale out so that he can't go after Kirk because you want to save him right. and bring him home. But you obviously went with Gale, who then dies, and then you just have to leave with Kirk. But the third method is that you knock Gale out to save him from dying, but then you, Regina, go after Kirk. And then you catch him apparently trying to get on a helicopter. She roundhouse kicks him in the face to knock him out. You then save Kirk and Gale. Because and, in my game, oh, Kirk's on the island. 
Yeah. You then fly off in a helicopter. You sh- you fight the the T Rex from a helicopter this time, and uh, Rick drops a bomb on it, and then and then yeah. So then you've got the good ending. So you can choose one method and then effectively do the other one anyway, and you get like a, the best ending from that. But there's nothing that I mean the game is giving you two choices apparently, but you can effectively do both if you're if you know about it or Again, you just have that, that intuition. That just makes mad. the game even smarter. Like so you can basically yeah. you can. Yeah, that's so good. That that is un, cool. that is unlike maybe any other game of its era. Like, so it'll let you make yeah. that choice and then just sort of fuck it off and go or, through so the yeah, other freewheel thing. it and yeah, kind of, yeah, so improvise good. the choice, but on your own method. That and just find makes me like the game even more. Yeah, makes me want to play and do that way to see that bit. So good. Do they talk about? And I, I, I'm I am. Oh, the music sucks. By the way, yeah, the, <laughs> music's, the, the music. music's not great. When um, it's going absolutely nuts when it's trying to build tension but you're trying to do some kind of lateral thinking puzzle is so off-putting it's ridiculous yeah yeah the yeah I, I think it's a really good game really enjoyed it like i said to you but again before we started recording if someone was to say i don't like this game i can think of enough things in this game that i could probably make an argument to say yeah fair enough it's not for you i can understand why you didn't like it I still liked it, and when other than when you gave me Dino Crisis Two, when was the last thing you messed about with it? Like, because they're so different. Uh right after I did it. Well, I bought the second one like right after the first one. So hungry for more, but then kind of was met with, as you say, such a different experience. I thought I didn't want a different thing. I wanted more of what I just really enjoyed. I can't believe. Maybe back in the day, I'd have found this great. Maybe if it was like Maybe. I don't know how many years three years later and then oh cool look how they've revolutionized dino crisis but if you go one after another it's it's so jarring i'm trying to it's... think back to like when we were starting to cover video games but what in like 2008 ish yeah yeah like what our opinions would have been if a game came out and was dramatically different but like i don't know like to me like the the and maybe this is just me getting older but like to me like franchises and series should mean something so like this is such a bad example but if i think of like the ford focus right the the ford focus is ford's ford ford's version of a family sedan right that is their that is their family car they're not going to bring out they do have ford focus sports but they're not going to bring out a ford focus that is going to compete with a ferrari because a ford focus is built for a specific purpose and a specific job. Like, to me, yeah. like, a series should stand for something. Like, Dino Crisis, you made that a horror game and you made that what it was. Like, to then completely change genres is a bit jarring to me. If you wanted to make, like, a, a running gun dinosaur game, did it have to be Dino Crisis? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, you're speaking the language of me for music with this. Because I often find this with bands that I've enjoyed for a, a number of years. I, I always feel like if, if, if a band creates a certain sound that you associate with that band, you get into yeah. a band because they play that way. And then they just tell you that you're supposed to care enough about them as people that you respect their artistic direction to totally change how they sound. That you're still supposed to like them just because they are who they are. Yeah. But to me... As you say, that band name stands for something in my mind, and you don't, you don't, you don't sound or play like that anymore. 
why have you not just picked a new band? Yeah. Even Tom DeLong did that when he made Boxcar Racer and Angels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good that's one He went can... off and did his bullshit, but at least he kept it away from Blink-182 yeah. and left that as it was. Then they ruined Blink-182 by changing how they sounded. <laughs> well, you don't stand for that anymore. If you're not making dick jokes anymore and playing really fast, I'm not going to like I Miss You. Sorry, that's not a Blink-182 song. You don't stand for not what you are in my head. Yeah. So I feel, yeah, you're right. That's how I feel about the, the game for Dino Crisis 2 as well. It must have been It must have been directed by someone else. It must have. Yeah, it was. Shooter uh, Kumi. Maybe Shuta this Kumi. is a case of, I'm going to come in and give you my idea for how dino crisis should work i'm going to change because my ideals are different i want it to be uh they said they want it to be more exhilarating or something rather than scary <sighs> then you're not making a dino crisis to me like <sighs> no you're not exactly i completely agree with that yeah it's, 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 it's resident it's the resident evil 6 isn't it of, of dino crisis really yeah well this is it it's like if you want to make a third person action game go away and make a third person action game don't bastardize the resident evil name to make it something it's not yeah i guess this is the old the old to sort of try and boil it down this is art versus business right that which is the age-old yeah. argument and always will be the the source of tension between stuff but i'm all I'm, I'm not making money out of these franchises i'm always going to go for the art yeah i mean as we said people seem to really like it i can't believe that i was stunned that about that yeah the reviews at the time had things like so GameSpot apparently said that Dino Crisis 1 was as if Capcom replaced the zombies with dinosaurs which is bullshit Mm-mm. and then it's not true it's, it's just a resi spin-off and then he said Dino Crisis 2 was an enjoyable uh, original sorry enjoyable experience that can no longer be considered just another entry into the survival horror genre uh, and it avoids the stereotypes of the genre and delivers one of the most refreshing takes on the action adventure genre to date and then IGN said it was stripped of its slow-paced Resident Evil shell. I mean, like we said, maybe at the time there was some sort of fatigue for this style of game. Maybe because there was a diff- there was a period of time in between the two releases, people were ready for something new. To be fair, this was only a year later. This makes so, me sort of. I think I've, I don't know if I've said this to you explicitly, but I've maybe alluded to it. it. It does make me sort of rethink with less anger is not the right word because I, I do still think it's bullshit but like a certain degree of more understanding about why resident evil became resident evil 5 then resident evil 6 after like sort of what it had been before because like yeah when i'm reading like because i did the same as you like when we were talking about it and then i went back and started like looking at old reviews and stuff of this game it's like people were just sick to the back for some reason which i don't understand people were seemed to be just sick to the back teeth of a what they perceived as a sort of old and tired formula, which were the Resident Evil games. I think Resident yeah. Zero is maybe maybe peak that from what we said, like the the resistance to that game. Um, yeah, they made some bad choices in sort of the design of that game, but I can understand given the sort of reaction to these games and how they discussed Dino Crisis versus Dino Crisis Two versus like. Resi 4, because I can even understand how someone saw Resi 3, Resi 1, 2, and 3, and then 4, and then people love 4. It mm. is slightly more action oriented than the first three. So, like, I can understand yeah. why someone would draw that conclusion and say, we need to go more action, because that's what people want. Yeah. And I, I don't agree with what we, where we ended up, but I, maybe I can understand no. it to a certain extent. 
yeah, I can sort of vividly remember the fatigue for this. Did you feel the fatigue? I probably didn't because I they were such like a a, a staple of my friendship with Chris. Where any time we hang out, if it wasn't playing music, we'd probably play a resi together. Mm. Just sitting there on the couch, he's telling me where to go. I'm going there. We were so used to, you know, we would just cycle through them. Which one? Had, which is the one we played the you know the longest time ago? Oh, I don't know. Three. Yeah, we haven't played three in a while. Let's go. And then oh, now Code Veronica. So we so we were good. totally happy with the way it was. Yeah. But there's there's no doubt that four was felt refreshing. It's like it's like you people, I suppose at the time wanted it to change. We didn't, but we absolutely yeah. were blown away by how it changed when we actually felt it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh shit, okay, this was the right decision. But I wasn't thinking about this at the time. I didn't have the foresight to understand that this was where you were going to take it and it was going to be a good thing. I just don't want you to fuck with what I love, which is yeah, that's human nature. Try to think of like there's not really a, an example. There's lots of series that I have CDs that I have loved that have been ruined over the years, but like there's not I was many. Gonna say, like, there's very few that people then champion for changing one way. Yeah, or I mean, I'm trying to think of like a similar one. The, the, the one that was jumping out to me is like the Call of Duty jump from World War Two to modern day. Like I, yeah. I, I was, I to this day, and I know I'm in the minority of this, I I just love a World War II shooter. <laughs> Absolutely love a World War II shooter. So yeah. like, to me, like the jump away from World War II is a negative, but there's no there's no argument with the fact that like the, the sort of common consensus is like modern shooters are far more fun, right? I mean, like modern warfare is fantastic. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that, right? So like yeah. that, that was a definite good move. But yeah, I wouldn't say that, like maybe that's the closest I can think of is like a series or sort of a genre that is gone, that people have got sick of, that I wasn't sick yeah. of. Um, yeah. I can think of so many that have changed for the worse. So many. Yeah. To be here all night. Yeah, I mean... Even Mass Effect, like I, you and I would probably oh say those age. games improved... I mean, three had its issues, but to play the games improved every yeah. single time. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, now with this revisionism, people say, "Oh, yeah, but Mass Effect One's the best one because it's the purest, it's the most RPG of the lot." It is the most so RPG the of the lot, and it's, it's probably got yeah. the best story as well. Yeah, but two is the sweet spot between probably story yeah. and gameplay, and then three yeah. is just. Hmm. And two was was already a leap towards being a lot more action focused. Yeah, and so like if you were if you were making games and you were the person that had the budget to fund these games, if you're looking at a graph and you're looking at games moving, like to me, I, like I say, I can I can see why someone looks at like Dead Space One to Dead Space Two, Mass Effect One to Two, the Resident Evil what three to four. Like I can understand mm-hmm. why people see this as yeah, people want more action. They want more action. That's what they want. Yeah. They want action. I can see it. They just went too far, didn't they? They just went far too far. Yeah. I mean, even even Miyamoto's been that way. You look at Paper Mario, he doesn't want any story in that shit. Yeah. He took out leveling up. He took out loads of stuff because he said, oh, people just want to play the battles and have fun. No. It needs to mean something. Yeah. But, yeah. It's understandable. And I guess the market speaks for itself because, you know, as the as the the medium has grown, it has reached new generations of people who are stupid. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, right? It, uh, you could probably go, but we've done what is this? Episode 44. There will be several episodes of this podcast. You can go back and listen to me talk about my nephew, Eric, and how much he loves Pokemon. I saw him at the weekend. And I was like, do you like Pokemon anymore, mate? He's like, nah, not really. What do you like now then? 
Fortnite and FIFA. Of course you fucking do. You're 11. <laughs> Honestly, every time I've met him before that for the last two and a half years, if not more, what's your favourite Pokemon? Eric, you ask me this every time, mate. And then I'd, and I'd he'd be like, oh, do you, not, do you not know any from the Johto region? Do you only know Kanto? It's like, and he's got like Pokemon encyclopedia and he could recite that shit. And now I was like, do you like Pokemon anymore, mate? No, not really. I like Fortnite. Okay. So let's just blame kids. Fucking idiots. He's not an idiot. He's a, he's a great kid, but it, it's what it goes from. I was discussing this with Rach. It, it goes from like what your parents are into to what your friends are into. Yeah. You're no longer influenced in your own home anymore by what your parents think is cool and what the older generation likes. It's just now just all about your friends. Oh, my friend likes this. My friend's got this phone. My friend's got this game. My friend's got this console. I want this, 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 and this because he's got it. It's no longer like, you know, you're not, you're not taking any uh, uh, wisdom's probably a bit too cocky of a word to say, but I think you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, I to- feel like no, totally. I'm going to want to in, like, impart all this shit on my daughter and be like, here's, the, here's all the stuff in the world that's great. And then she's probably going to get into it for a bit. And then some, when she turns like 13, all of her friends are going to be like, your dad's fucking lame. And he likes lame shit, and she's going to be like, yeah, he is. I, well, you are, so we, we all are. Well, yeah, but she, she doesn't need to know <laughs> yeah, that. Not yet. <laughs> it's, just, it's the thing that I constantly like like wrestle with, because like you and I have got such a a sustaining love for Apex Legends. And that, like, mm. so, like, I've, I've constantly heard the opinion that, oh, if it's only cosmetic, it doesn't matter because you don't have to buy it. And I used to I used yeah. to subscribe to that, but I don't anymore because I look at the games around us and the biggest games in the world, and you look at like games like like Apex, like Fortnite, like I don't know, um, Among Us, like like what these like all these sort of cheap to play or free to play games that will sell you cosmetic stuff that you don't need to be able to play the game. And the the thing that I I sort of butt up against and the thing that makes me feel guilty for loving games like Apex so much as I do. So like if you think about a game like Battlefield for example, Battlefield One, um was as was the first person shooter that was set in World War One, and mm-hmm. they spent a lot of time selling you skins of people wearing big long colorful jackets with massive prints on the back, and they certainly got more cartoony and more cartoony because that's what people engage with. You 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 try and play Warzone on Call of Duty and you'll try and you'll they'll, they'll try and sell you a Bruce Willis skin or a Snoop Dogg skin like, like you can't <laughs> you say, is that a joke no no that's just... that's true they're both in the game thought, you okay. cannot tell right. me that 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 like so what you've got is a serious World War 1 game in Battlefield 1 or in what used to be a serious World War 2 game in a Call of Duty game you cannot tell me that these free skins are not dictating the direction of the artistic design of these games like if mm. you want, if me as me, I want to build. I still want to build to play and access a serious World War shooter because I think one, I love the games, I love the setting, I love the way the games look, but I also think they're important in terms of games are increasingly becoming the way that young people interact with the world, and I think it's important that you can still impart knowledge and history and understanding of these things that happened in our history. Yeah. through whatever medium we're using but no we can't do that now because they're still trying to sell us shitty skins that make and undermine the places that we're trying to go with these games and this is the thing that i guess i struggle with in that i think that and like i said i'm now i've now brought it around like i, I now no longer subscribe to the it's free 
unless you want to engage with the skins. It's all cosmetic. I don't think that's true anymore. And I think that unfortunately it's now dictating the design of games. And if you're a yeah. sort of artist or you want the true experience, you don't get that now because Fortnite and FIFA want to sell you packs and skins and John Cena skins or Goku skins <laughs> yeah. rather than tell you a story like Medal of Honor used to do. I was just going to say that. If you think back to Medal of Honor yeah. and how it's like, here's actual footage from the war. Here's stuff that yeah. really happened and you're going to have to go up playing it. We've consulted like actual that. veterans of this <laughs> campaign. Yeah. How they felt, what it was like in these situations. I mean, add, adding all that shit cosmetic to, to a World War One game is so disrespectful. It's, it's not even worth it. Remember the out. Battlefield onesie? No. They, is that, was, it, was it a pre-order bonus? Or you could buy a Battlefield 1 onesie? <laughs> in the game? No, no, in real life. In Battlefield well, onesie. At least you, well, at least in the real life you can fucking see it. Yeah. That's the stupidest thing about skins. You can't even see them. It's a first-person fucking game. Another example of that, um, I had I was playing Apex. I've not played Apex in a while now because I've been having a wee bit of a break. But like... Last last time like I was playing, me, yes. I had to play two games as who's the who's the guy that has the drone? What's he called again? Oh, crypto, crypto. I had to play two games as crypto, right? My skin, yeah. he runs with his hands in his pockets. <laughs> Murray noticed, yeah. Yeah. so he was like, "Oh, your character runs with his hands in his pockets." As he was saying that, on my on my screen, I could see my <laughs> yeah. hands coming up in front of me. Ah. <laughs> uh... Which brings us to the end of the Dino Crisis. It does. <laughs> it does. Summer of Resi's not over, but Dino Crisis is. We have game one game left. I'm glad you enjoyed. I, I yes. Um, again, to repeat myself, this is these sort of. Uh, this is the first time we've sort of officially done it, but these sort of self-imposed seasons that we've been doing with each other. Yeah. Is maybe my favourite thing we've done because it just allows us to sort of really get down and dirty and learn how a series comes about, how it is. So, like, what I've loved about this... I think we've put out some of our best work because yeah, of well, what because we've been focused on a certain thing. Yeah, what I've loved is, it's like, I, I feel like I know the Resi, the Resi games, I know them very well now. And I can even, with even nicely, I mean, it's we've documented it as well. Like, you can see how these games have sort of changed and adapted and become different things. And, and they're going to become something different again because we've got a PS2 game coming up next. We do. Before we move on to that, I just want to show you probably my biggest regret or upset about Dino Crisis is that the website Fangamer made quite possibly one of the best video game t-shirts ever and it was only available in the US they did not send they would send other stuff oh, to the UK no. but not this shirt look at that fucking shirt oh that is good and on the back of it you can't like get it oh marks. no it's like out of production now but i i tried to buy this multiple times oh and no it just said not available not available internationally and it's gone they just don't they don't make it anymore it's sold out that's it done forever i've tried to look on ebay i've tried to look on like see if anyone's done a cheap knockoff of it nah i was gutted i went all the way for, you know when you go all the way through and you think to yourself oh the shipping from the states is going to be loads of money but i need this yeah and then, we don't send it to the uk like, what why 
And then one more thing on Dino Crisis that I forgot to bring up. Remember when you were talking? We were talking about the getting the fingerprints, and you've got to find the specific person yeah. who has the fingerprints that you need. Incredible that neither of us figured it out, and the fact that it exists is it gives you a bunch of information on the people who you're going to try and get the fingerprints from. It gave us like you have to find their registration number or something, and it would often give you a different yeah. number. One of them was a pager number. There's a fucking telephone. You can ring the pager and the pager will beep and you can hear it get louder as you get closer to the person you're looking Amazing. for to get their fingerprints. Because their pager is fucking beeping. Amazing. Unbelievable. That is, that is awesome. Yeah. And we didn't, we neither of us figured that out. But I remember thinking, why are they telling us their phone number? or their? Pay- what a pointless thing to just, I thought it was just to confuse you and make you type the wrong number into the computer, which you and I both did. But no, it's so you can ring them wow. to help you locate them because they're making a beeping noise. Fucking oh, that's so good. Yes. That is so good. Tell us what we're playing. Tell the listeners what we're going to play next. Listeners, next time we're, we're... So this is the final, for this season, the final sort of resi-like that we're going to be playing. We're going to be playing some Onimusha Warlords, which was recommended by Alex. And I'm very, very excited to experience this game because I think it's going to be... Within the resi sphere, very unlike anything we've done yet. Yeah. I mean, it's going to feel probably quite similar because it's still in the same engine. Mm. It's still um, fixed camera angles. You use herbs to level up. Good. But it's all about swinging swords and using magic attacks and fighting other ninjas and things. And the funniest thing is is that was supposedly going to be made as uh, because Yoshiki Okamoto decided he wanted to make a game that was Ninja Resident Evil for the N64 Double D. We've heard that already <laughs> for Resident Evil Zero. So it's it's Resident Evil enough for us to include it. And it's like six hours long. So what are the end, what, who are we fighting in these games? Demons. Demons rather than zombies yeah. or dinosaurs. Yeah, like demons who have yeah invaded the world to resurrect... A, an actual uh, Nobunaga is it Nob? What's his name? The the famous Japanese like warlord guy Nobunaga is it? Is that his name? Mm, don't know. Yes, Nobunaga. Yeah, he dies in battle, but then he gets resurrected by demons who are trying to perform loads of rituals on some princess and unleashing demons into the world. So you Excellent. go around samuraiing them. Excellent. And I believe this is a game series that went very much the way of Dino Crisis Two by the third one. They just went fuck it. We're going to change it and make it well action. Oh, so there's more of these games? There's three of them. There's at least three of them. But I'm pretty sure the third one just goes full on ham, like Resident Evil, uh, sorry, Dino Crisis 2 style. Like, let's just go silly with it again. Really? I think so. That's a shame. Because I feel like Dynasty Warriors is that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Apparently, Onimusha Warlords was the first ps2 game to reach a million sales it must have been quite early in its life. oh wow okay yeah it must have been fairly early because there's there's but, some whoppers of ps2 games going about yeah there? yeah but we are uh play well we are playing the remastered version from 2018 so brilliant well even though david has the ps2 version behind him and i own it as well but we're playing the remastered one yeah we are because it's easier <laughs> yeah but I guess that brings us to the end of episode 44 of the Brunner Podcast, right. doesn't it? Um, if you want to send us a... Well, I don't think... I think I keep forgetting to do this. If you want to fire us over an email, it's 
what is it? Yeah, we've probably we've probably got some emails that we haven't read for ages. Probably you can send us an email to what is it at a winner issue pod at gmail dot com. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Instagram. by searching for just search for a winner issue pod, and you'll find us somewhere. Um, I have ex- David does good work on there. I have so, extended yeah. the this day in gaming to all three of our social media platforms so whatever your one of choice is you can find us over there and interact with us um i suppose that's it isn't it, alex i have been david he has been alex we have been a winner of you and i'm out keep gaming this